It's time for the October 13, 2023 edition of Weekly Signal's Weekly Review. A personal recollection of the last 168 hours of history, broadcasting on International Plain Language Day from the University of California at Irvine on KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. And, as always, the new Speaker of the House, Mahler, the fake news dog. Finally, a good choice. Uh Yeah, Mahler, you're going to do great. Yeah, he is. He's he's ready to go. He is ready to go. Whip those guys into shape. He will. Today, however, we'll be talking about Pink River Dolphins, student debt, magic mushrooms, a Stevie Nicks doll, Martian real estate, and so much more. Mm. But first, from Scientific American, you and I, Mike, we've evolved. Well, speak for yourself. Yeah, and adapted to face conditions on Earth. Yes, we have. Not just here at UCI. No. But our species mm-hmm. has evolved. It's taken us about six million years mm-hmm. of living on Earth to achieve this level of human sophistication. You and I, mm-hmm. and, you know, I feel pretty good about things. I do, too. Yeah. But fly us into space or put us on another planet and we'll start to fall apart psychologically and physically. With cancer risk from cosmic rays and the problems that human bodies experience in microgravity, we might be better off where we are. Oh, so this idea of us flying and living on another planet, flying off this planet, going somewhere, maybe not such a good idea. Yeah. Vision and bone problems are among the more serious side effects. The work the body does against gravity to stay upright and move around keeps muscles from degenerating and stimulates bone growth. They've determined this from the astronauts who have been in space. They already know because of the space station they've been able to. Yeah, we don't think about gravity until we fall down. Until we fall down. Yeah, but our body all the time is working against gravity, and that strengthens us. Yeah. In space, without a force to push against, astronauts can experience bone loss that outpaces bone growth, and their muscles shrink. Hmm. That's why they do hours of exercise a day, and even this doesn't make up for the muscle loss. Wow. Vision problems arise, too, when astronauts spend a month or more in space because their eyeballs flatten. This is just one aspect of a condition called spaceflight-associated neuroocular syndrome which can cause long-lasting damage to eyesight. But perhaps the most significant concern about bodies in space is radiation. Some of it comes from the sun, which spits out naked protons that can damage DNA, particularly during solar storms. So if you're out there in space in a solar storm, it's going to be a heck of a lot worse than if you're here on Earth. So living in space, not such a good idea, maybe. (laughs) We've evolved and adapted to face conditions on Earth. Why not stick around a few more millennium? I say we're here for the duration of the planet, I would think. Yeah. I don't know about that, because hopefully it'll go on for many, many thousands of That's years. True. And That's who true. knows what we'll be up to then. Yeah. But I don't think we're quite quite ready to make the big leap. Some people will. They'll go out there and their eyeballs will flatten and their muscles will yeah. shrivel up. And yeah. they'll say, having a great time. <laughs> Wish you were here. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration is plotting a return to the moon. This time around, the stay will be long-term, 
To make it happen, NASA is going to build houses on the moon, moon real estate. So get your local real estate agent yeah. to, you know, ask yeah. him next time when he comes around. Hey, 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 got any property on the moon? Hey, I got, hey, listen, I got a crater front condo that's Ooh. going for nothing right now. If you get in now, promise. Great views. Units that can be used, these uh, moon units, can be used not just by astronauts, but regular folks like you and me. Okay. The National Aeronautics and Space Administration believes that by 2040, Americans will have their first subdivision in space. Get out of town. And, no. And the subdivisions in Mars aren't far behind. No. Uh, no subdivision. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's... I mean, Mars would... I guess it's communities. more... Yeah, and I guess it's more hospitable Who? for human life. Mars is. There is a degree of some version of oxygen... Where you want to go to live for the rest of your life? I, well, I'm not going to some <laughs> version of oxygen. I, yeah, sign yeah, me up. Yeah, I know. And I and you know the idea of even getting to 2040 at this point seems like a stretch. To be honest with you, the U.S. Space Agency will blast 3D printers up to the moon <laughs> and beyond, and then build structures layer by layer out of specialized lunar or Martian concrete created from the rock chips, mineral fragments, and dust that sit on the top of the extraterrestrial surface. Billowing poisonous clouds of gas, no doubt. Sounds like a great place to live. <coughs> We've evolved, Mike. Yes, we have. And adapted to face conditions on Earth. So why not stick around here yeah, for a while? I like why not it make here. this a better place? I like it here. Did you ever own anything by Prada? Or, no. Prada, no, that's, that's kind no of boots or, or, or a handbag or anything like that. No, no they make no. men's clothing. Do they? Okay. No, they make uh, men's bags, but you know. Yeah. It's all right. European. So a handbag. European hand, man bags. How about would you buy a Prada spacesuit? Oh, well, now you're talking. Yeah. yeah. Okay. From the Guardian, Prada, the Italian fashion house, announced that it's partnering with Axiom Space to design spacesuits for astronauts. The Milan-based luxury brand will collaborate with the Texas-based commercial space company to design NASA's lunar spacesuits for the 2025 Artemis III mission, the first crewed flight to the moon since Apollo 17 in 1972. And if you'd have told us back in 72, next time we go to the moon, we'll be wearing Prada. They'd have said, hey, well, So whose so. idea is this, Nathan? Well, it's actually, if you listen to Prada's pitch man. Okay, yeah, I'm listening it. right now. Prada's technical expertise with raw materials, manufacturing techniques, and innovative design concepts will bring advanced technologies instrumental in ensuring not only the comfort of astronauts on the lunar surface, but also the much-needed human factors, considerations absent from legacy spacesuits. So what they're saying is, the old-style spacesuits were kind of funky. I'm never the same, but all as myself. Prada. <laughs> if you're interested in investing in some Martian real estate, may I recommend a donation to KUCI instead? Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial-free, freeform, free speech radio. KUCI 88.9 FM. That's right, Mother. From Smithsonian Magazine, mm. over 960 birds died in one night in Chicago after crashing into the windows of the McCormick Place Lakeside Center 
during their fall migration. Millions of birds fly over Chicago during the fall migration season, and a few of them die after they're confused by bright lights or after trying to fly through a window. But the carpet of bird carcasses outside the Lakeside Center shocked people who have been monitoring birds in the city for decades. It's almost a thousand birds just laying there. God. The building, which has four levels, is not especially tall with nearby skyscrapers, but the birds had lowered their flight pattern to avoid a storm and, as a result, were confused by the lights and by the windows of the center, which they don't know they can't fly through. It's a problem in all cities. Between 400 million and 1 billion birds, billion birds, are killed each year crashing into buildings in the United States alone. By the way, I worked at a glass building, a 13-story building. It called, uh, that's the Department of Public Works for L.A. County. And we did have a problem as well. Now, they had some... We did have a problem. We did have a problem with birds flying into it. If you're on Fremont Boulevard, right around Valley View, you can see the building. It's uh, it's pretty obvious why. What did you do? They didn't do anything. What did they do? They didn't do anything. I mean, the building was... They had a problem. They just said, yeah, here comes one. Well, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's I mean, a problem. Yeah. Well, they put up signs <laughs> saying, hey, birds, you know, watch out for the glass. I don't know what, no, they, well, I don't think they. there's things you can do. You can buy less reflective glass. Yeah, yeah. You can uh, turn your lights off, but apparently yeah. they didn't. Huh. Yeah. From Reuters News Service, more than 150 Pink River dolphins died in Lake Tefei in Brazil's Amazonas state. Scientists say the likeliest culprit is extreme heat and drought linked to climate change and El Nino. The water temperature at Lake Tefei reached 102 degrees Fahrenheit. That's 102 degrees Fahrenheit. That's 59 degrees more than the average for a body of water in the Amazon. And water levels have fallen dramatically. When the water is that warm, the loss of oxygen triggers an increase in the dolphin's cell metabolism, and they die of asphyxia. The climate crisis is bringing heat and historic drought to all of South America. Lake Titicaca, the highest navigable lake in the world, is drying out for want of rain. Sea wolves in Ecuador are starving. Warm service waters are killing their food. At least 30 manatees in Patonas de Centla nature reserve, home to Mexico's largest manatee populations, have died this year. Pink river dolphins, which some indigenous communities consider sacred, are seen on emblems and are mascots for the region. And now they're being asphyxiated in their habitat. We're provoking this ourselves, a researcher said. If something bad happens to the dolphins, we are next. Yeah. Yeah, Mallory. I feel the same way. He doesn't want to be next. I, and he's kind of glad we're next. Yeah, he, well, yeah, he's he's much lower on the chain of life than we are, so he'll probably survive. Along with the cockroaches, how much? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> From BBC News, it is estimated that almost half of all food and cosmetics products on supermarket shelves contain palm oil. Palm oil is used in everything from chocolate to shampoo, pizza, toothpaste, and deodorant. This huge demand has led to significant deforestation in areas where oil palm trees can grow. That would be low-lying, hot, wet areas near the equator. 
In fact, rainforests in Indonesia and Malaysia are often set on fire to clear the land for oil palm plantations, polluting the sky for miles around. Like you had to wear face masks going into Singapore a few yeah. years ago. Yeah. But a Scottish research team believe they may have produced the holy grail alternative to palm oil. Food experts at Queen Margaret University in Edinburgh say their new 100% plant-based ingredient is 70% better for the environment. And with 80% less saturated fat and 30% fewer cavities, palm alt, as they call it, is also significantly healthier. This isn't an ad for palm alt. No, but I'm it's, not getting it's, any money on the but, side here. But it's better. That's a good thing. The new palm alt product is palm and coconut free and has no added flavoring, sugar sweeteners, preservatives, or colorings. It is made from a byproduct from the linseed industry. So it's a byproduct mm -hmm. there. They're getting rid of that. Plus natural fiber and rapeseed oil. There you go. Yeah. That's some good news there. There is some good news. From Insurance Journal. If you got insurance, you want to be reading the Insurance Journal. But if you sell insurance, you have to read the insurance journal. You have to. It's yeah. a must read. In a first-of-its-kind study, researchers mapped polluted industrial sites to areas likely to experience groundwater inundation due to rising seas. And they found 132,000 contaminated sites in coastal areas of the U.S. where sea levels would raise groundwater, pushing toxic chemicals to the surface. Factories, gas stations, military bases, and other industrial facilities have left surrounding soil contaminated with carcinogenic chemicals and heavy metals. Some become Superfund sites whose cleanup is overseen by the federal government. Far more are managed by individual states. When groundwater rises toward the surface, whether from sea level rise or increasingly intense climate-driven storms, those contaminants can leach into it and spread to other waterways, poisoning people and wildlife. Benzene trichloroethylene and other cancer-causing chemicals known as volatile organic compounds can vaporize and enter homes, schools, and businesses through sewer pipes or cracks in building foundations. 132,000 contaminated sites in coastal areas of the U.S. Sea level rises, pollutants rise up, and contaminating more areas and killing people and killing people, people yeah. and pets and yeah. you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine California visit us on the web at KUCI.org on Facebook at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9 on our Tumblr blog at KUCI radio.tumblr.com and on Twitter and Instagram at K-U-C-I-F-M. What you got, boy? From Los Angeles Times, California is suing five of the largest oil and gas companies in the world, alleging they engage in a decades-long campaign of deception about climate change and the risks posed by fossil fuels that has forced the state to spend tens of billions of dollars to address environmental-related damages. State Attorney General Ron Bonta 
filed the lawsuit in San Francisco County Superior Court alleging that ExxonMobil, Shell, Chevron, ConocoPhillips, BP, and the American Petroleum Institute have known since the 1950s that the burning of fossil fuels would warm the planet. We've talked about this since the 1950s. <laughs> but instead of alerting the public about the dangers posed to the environment, they chose to deny or downplay the effects. Deny is pretty much it. Deny. Or not even, they knew about it and they didn't say anything about yeah, it. Yeah. You say, you know, your neighbor's house is on fire, but eh. Nah, why yeah, bother? Why, yeah. why bother yeah. them, you know? Yeah. We're having a good time right now. It's keeping us warm. Yeah, by the yeah. way. And it's a nice show. Yeah, we got a tiki thing going on over here. And why would we want that to stop? Speaking of petroleum, yeah. I'd like to make a correction. Okay. On our September 15th show, we said that petroleum was dinosaur juice, that it came from dinosaurs. We were wrong. Petroleum does not come from dinosaurs. Like coal and natural gas, petroleum was formed from the remains of ancient marine organisms like plants, algae, and bacteria. Over millions of years of intense heat and pressure, these organic remains or fossils transformed into the carbon-rich fossil fuels we use as raw materials for fuel, plastics, and loss of other stuffs, like insect repellent, shaving cream, lipstick, helmets, perfumes, swimming pools, movie stars, CDs, everything in this helmets. studio. Helmets. Yeah. Okay. No, I was so no, it yeah, like a, like kind of an odd thing to say. And helmets. Okay. Helmets. Uh, yeah, all right. A lot of people are wearing helmets right now. <laughs> I, <guess laughs> you know, I, did, I watched the game last night. I didn't night. realize they there were all so wearing many helmets, helmets out there. Well, yeah. yeah but, every <laughs> Sunday I see a lot of people wearing helmets <laughs> right. on TV. Helmets. Helmets. Okay, all right. Lipstick. What do you think's more practical, lipstick or helmets? Well, it depends on if it's Friday night or not. <laughs> and in the New Yorker, a fine piece by Ian Urbina entitled The Crimes Behind the Seafood You Eat, China's Maritime Expansion oh, God, yes. has come as a grave human cost. Yes. In the past few decades, China has dramatically expanded its distant water fishing fleet. In other words, they yeah. go out on long thousand-mile journeys to catch fish. In violation of all kinds of treaties. Yeah. yeah. Chinese firms are now own and operate terminals in 95 foreign ports. China estimates that it has 2,700 distance water fishing ships, though this figure does not include vessels in contested waters. Yeah. Public records and satellite imaging suggest that this fleet may be closer to 6,500 ships. God. U.S. and EU, by contrast, have fewer than 300 distant water fishing wow. vessels. Some ships that appear to be fishing press territorial claims in contested waters, including in the South China Sea and around Taiwan. That's been a thing right now. Right. Yeah, right. China is largely unresponsive to international laws, and its fleet is the worst perpetrator of illegal fishing in the world, helping drive species to the brink of extinction. Its ships are also rife with labor trafficking, debt bondage, violence, criminal neglect, and death. This has been a problem for a long time. China has just really kind of uh, thumbed its nose at the uh, rest of the world on this one. Hey, Nathan, do you want to be Speaker of the House? Would you like to be? I would do it just to help them out. Yeah. I mean, if they yeah. called up and said we need a speaker, well, I'd say uh, there's sure. A, there's an ad. There's a one ad right here I, I, they're put, they put out. Okay. Yeah. Well, give yeah. me, give yeah. me the phone yeah. number. I'll just, call yeah, them out yeah, to yeah, the okay. show. Okay. From Scientific American. Most of the world's large dams were built in the decades following World War II between 1950 and 1985. 
These dams are important infrastructure that provide reliable drinking water, agriculture, irrigation, flood control, and electricity. Yet dams, like all human-made structures, have a limited lifespan, degrade over time, and require upkeep. On the lower end, 50 years is the reasonable safe age limit. 50 years, half a century on a dam. A 2021 UN report assessed more than 50,000 large dams around the world and found that many countries' dams are, on average, older than 50 and are at increasing risk of failure. That's not a good thing to have a dam fail. I can speak from my own experience with the Department of Public Works in Los Angeles County, and I can tell you that most of those dams were built in response to the Depression. This was part of the... uh, the Roosevelt uh, basically put people to work plan and they put a lot of money into public works. And those dams were built in the late 30s, early 40s. So we're talking 80 or 90 years old now. All this, these older dams includes dams in the U.S., like you're saying, which has the second highest number of large dams in the world after China and where the average large dam is 65 years old. Well, that, so the older around here, and average, they're 65. They're, they're, yeah, yeah. The American Society of Civil Engineers regularly issues a report card on U.S. infrastructure. In the most recent 2021 assessment, the nation's dams were given a D. I believe that. So you know what comes next? Fail. They fail. Well, we did have one failure the San Francisco Dam that was one of the largest losses of life in the history of the United States, actually. Well, that was the San Fernando Valley Dam. Yeah. It was also the one in Baldwin Hills. That's right. That's right, the Baldwin Hills. Yeah. And when dams break, generally speaking, a lot of people die. We have some dams way up in the San Gabriel Mountains. We have one big one up there that if it were to fail, it would cause probably a cascading effect on the dams below it. From Ars Technica. With the Federal Communications Commission preparing to restart net neutrality rules and common carrier regulation for Internet service providers, the broadband industry is almost certain to sue the FCC. The Democratic-majority FCC is expected to define broadband as a telecommunications service, which means it would face common carrier regulations under Title II of the Communications Act. In other words, we're hoping to, it to be a utility. Mm-hmm. And yes. it's such a necessity yes. in our modern society mm-hmm. to get around, to apply for a job, just about anything that you want to do interrelated with the rest of people. Yeah. It's a utility. It is a utility. Industry trade groups that represent Internet service providers will likely argue, as they have unsuccessfully argued before, that the FCC does not have authority to classify broadband as a telecommunications service. Federal appeals courts upheld previous FCC decisions that applied common carrier rules to broadband. But some legal commentators claim the FCC is doomed to lose their case this time, because of the Supreme Court's misguided approach on whether federal agencies can decide major questions without explicit instructions from Congress. In short, the major questions doctrine would handcuff the FCC, an expert agency explicitly tasked by Congress to address significant and evolving issues related to the Internet, to act 
on significant and evolving issues related to the Internet. As the Supreme Court did with the Environmental Protection Agency in taking yeah. away their ability to regulate wetlands, which will have a devastating effect on water quality moving forward. Yeah. From the Associated Press, President Joe Biden canceled an additional $9 billion in student debt as repayment started up again this month after a three-year pause. The move affects 125,000 people who qualify under existing programs, including public service workers like teachers and firefighters and people on permanent disability. Give him credit. He's, he keeps trying. Yeah. Give Joe Biden credit. Well, the whole administration is trying to move around this, this student debt issue yeah, in, right. in creative ways. That's right. You know, they, they know they don't have the votes or the, the backing or the, yeah. well, <laughs> or, or the House of Representatives in this matter. Right. So they're trying to pick and, away at it and f- forgive as much student debt as they can. Right. And we've gone over this in the past on, on Weekly Signals, but student debt is different. It is not something that can be discharged in a bankruptcy court if you cannot pay it back. It and in fact, some student debt carries from generation to generation. It doesn't end when you die. Yeah. So there's a lot of things about student debt that are different than other kinds of debt. And the other kinds of debt are excusable, are dischargeable under certain circumstances. Student debt is much more difficult, and very rarely is it granted. So this is different. Yeah. People have to consider people being crippled at the very beginnings of their career and making choices about what they want to pursue that may be diametrically opposed to the to the classes, to the, the their educational uh, trajectory, and they have to get into something else in order to pay down this debt. And uh, many of them have already paid off, if you didn't yeah. consider the interest yes. on the debt. They right. paid off the principal. They've yeah. just been paying interest, however, so the principal is still existing, which... Yeah. Considering that they were made to believe that they would be doing not only themselves a favor, but the whole country a favor by elevating their intelligence and their ability to get a job. And then to not have them be able to get a job that even pays off the debt, that doesn't make sense. No. From Los Angeles Times. Governor Gavin Newsom vetoed a bill that would have decriminalized the possession and personal use of a short-term list of natural psychedelics, including magic mushrooms. The Democratic governor said that while he supports new opportunities to address mental health through psychedelic medicines like those addressed in the bill, the state needs to establish regulations for using shrooms before they are legalized. I'm with him. I mean, I agree, I agree because all of a sudden people that. will go nuts and they'll and they'll abuse it and then it'll create this kind of cloud around something that I think is important uh, for us to be looking into doing more research on. Here's so. a statement. Just I thought it was a good statement. Yeah. You know, a lot of people had problems with this, but he's just saying, let's yeah. just hold back a little bit and get it down. What exactly we're doing here? Uh, yeah, we haven't studied these enough because they've been illegal, which is a bad thing. But let's study them before yeah. we go ahead and just loose them on the public. Exactly. He said California should immediately begin work to set up regulated treatment guidelines replete with dosing information, therapeutic guidelines, rules to prevent against exploitation during guided treatments, and medical clearance of no underlying psychosis. Unfortunately, this bill would decriminalize possession prior to these guidelines going into place, and I cannot sign it. Good on you, Governor. Yeah. I'm, I'm with him on this one. God knows I have no problem with this being decriminalized at some point when, it's, when it makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. 
And as someone who's had all kinds of psychedelics, <laughs> I agree. I wouldn't want some of my friends to have it. Yeah, I, I was lucky. Yeah, I had the capacity for it. Yeah, a lot of my friends didn't. Yeah, okay. and they suffer on account of it. From Runner's World, at last weekend's Chicago Marathon, Kenya's long-distance runner Kelvin Kiptum broke the men's marathon record by 34 seconds with an astonishing time of two hours and 35 seconds. Wow. The 23-year-old raced in a pair of the newly developed Nike Dev 163 prototype shoes, which are legal under world athletic rules. As the world marathon record creeps closer to the sub-two-minute time, it feels in many ways like marathon racing has become as much a battle of technology as endurance. According to the world athletic shoe regulations, as you know, I'm always paying attention to the oh, World yeah. Athletic Shoe mm, Regulations. Yeah. Shoes must comply with a number of criteria, including having a sole no thicker than 40 millimeters and use no more than one rigid structure like a carbon fiber plate. And the shoe must have been available for purchase by competitors for at least one month. The Nike Dev 163, or Alpha Fly 3, as we like to call it, mm -hmm. is not currently for public sale, but it's been approved by World Athletics for developmental use until December 2023, the end of this year. So they have a little hokey pokey that they play with this. Yeah. It's not publicly available, but if you want it and you're in competition, you can grab a pair of these things. And what they're saying is this, the records that keep going down, in part because we have greater athletes, they have a lot of equipment they can work on and a lot of good training and yeah. a lot of good medical advice coming their way, but they also have some fine equipment to deal with now. Yeah, and the benefit of those shoes is it gives you more bounce back uh -huh. when you hit the ground. It gives you a little more lift. Yeah, I would say the sole on this is about an inch and a quarter, an inch and a half. Yeah. It lifts you off the ground. Yeah. From is Huffington it? Post. Barbie has a Stevie Nicks doll, Mike. Huh? <laughs> okay, Nathan, why? Why not? Okay. I mean, Good enough can you think of any other rock star that more like a Barbie? More like Barbie. <laughs> when Mattel officially announced the $55 Barbie, which comes with the outfit Nicks wore on the Fleetwood Max Rumors album, oh, it's sold out within minutes. Oh, Nicks made history as the first woman to be introduced to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame <sighs> twice. First in 1998 as part of the band Fleetwood Mac. And then in 2019 as a solo artist. No, you want to say something. <laughs> well, that wasn't really a band. Yeah. Peter Green had Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. I don't know what that thing was. <laughs> of course I questioned, would she look like me? Would she have my spirit? <laughs> Nick said. But now, when I look at her, oh, okay. I see my 27-year-old self. Uh, this little Barbie is so precious, and they helped her have my soul. The plastic doll comes with Nick's signature platform boots and moon pendant necklace and joins a list of legendary doll musicians, including Tina Turner, Gloria Estevan, David uh, Bowie, and Elvis uh, Presley. Who have all been fashioned into Barbies? Have they really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, you know, no, I've seen my Elvis Presley yeah, Barbie, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and finally, from United Press International, a flock of sheep found their way into a greenhouse in Greece and ate more than 600 pounds of marijuana being cultivated for medical use. Giannis Brunus, owner of the greenhouse in Magnesia, 
said his crop had already been damaged by heat and recent floods when a flock of sheep broke into the greenhouse and feasted on the remaining cannabis plants. After getting sufficiently stoned, Baruna said the sheep were jumping higher than goats. You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.